You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Control Your Narrative Weekly, Episode 6. I'm the narrator, and this is the essential character. We are at the sixth episode of Control Your Narrative Weekly, and damn it, I thought we'd stop at one, but here we are. Yeah. Thanks. I'm exhausted. You should be. You're exhausted because you've been working hard. You've been working hard to pursue your purpose, what the narrative is all about. Your purpose recently was to print over 8,000 shirts? Yeah, by hand. Yeah. By hand. Yeah, by hand. That's what brought a lot of us together. That's what brought Space Cowboy from just a lowly project I want to give the time of day to, to the lead project, the man you're conversing with yeah. at Control Your Narrative's Instagram. Yeah. So just keep sending him messages. Keep asking him for he's, things. He loves it. He, he showed can't... up. We paid him dirt wages. Oh. And uh, now he's got his own segment on our weekly podcast that no one watches. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would be the self-deprecating one. Well, you know, I remember specifically nobody watched Joe Rogan's podcast before podcasting was a thing. But now that everybody has a podcast, the fact people do watch this podcast, it takes time. And, you know, your time is valuable. So to actually sit with us and, you know, enjoy our banter and uh, learn more about what we're doing. And then as this progresses and proceeds, you know, the archives are going to be lit with fucking, it's about content. It sucks. That's why I didn't want to do YouTube in the first place. I hate YouTube, I hate the mentality, the content, you gotta drop it this time and this time, and sometimes the drops don't go right because we don't know what we're doing half the time. Yeah. We're just a couple of hacks. You really get punished answers. for making mistakes, and if you don't meet your quota, Oh, it's like you go on Instagram, and I make a slight misspelling. Rarely do I, because I'm fucking superior intelligence. I'm the one that misspells everything, especially our end credits. But like, <laughs> two for two. <laughs> but if you go on Instagram and you do the, uh, uh, I spelled there wrong instead of there, all right, I'm going to edit that. Your, Guess what? You're punished on the algorithm. So now you can't break through the algorithm. Who makes this shit up? It makes no sense. Why can't we just see things straight in a feed? It sounds like I'm going on a rant of the week, which I'm not, but I should because social media, YouTube, to, I mean, to Can you like, imagine if there was, I would, if it was a weekly show that like influencers put out like, hey, this new week in the algorithm, how to survive the algorithm. Yeah. You know, like that's something I'd pay a subscription for because I got no yeah. fucking clue. It, there's classes and you know because yeah. your phone's listening to you because yeah. everything's controlled there's the fact we're having this conversation I'll see him again but there's classes like learn the algorithm how to get your how to break through how to not be shadow banned blah blah blah, blah. And it's, just, it's just so how much often you, how often do you get the how to not be shadow banned twice a week <laughs> I, just, I just like I just want to Throw up can we make a character called the Shadow Band? <laughs> we can do whatever we want because we control the narrative. Yeah, we want the Shadow Band. Where are we at this week? Where, where are we at? We're in Orlando. <laughs> 
I mean, as far as where are we going with this? Oh, no, it was just uh, a little banter opening up. But I, I wanted to get into, uh, I am happy that we, we self-deprecate a little bit. That, that just It's a good icebreaker. It's a good foreplay to, hey, you just did a, a little loop at Ring of Honor. I did. What is allegedly? How's the, uh, how's the old morale at Ring of Honor? These oh, days? it's like I walked into a funeral for a child. It's pathetic. I walk into the hotel lobby and it's like just morose and sad. And one thing, like I described last week in the rant of the week, like I've been through this before. I don't care. I'm used to it. Every day of my life, something's getting blown up in my face or canceled or thrown away or destroyed or negated or yeah. goes to pure like the type shit. You guy that gets PTS Dixie. No, like I'm PTS Dick Strong is what I am. <laughs> but like, and I, you know, as a leader, in a sense, I wanted to be positive and have high morale. And I, one thing I've learned is you manifest what you think and affirmations. I'm trying these things with affirmations, seeing positivity in my day. And as you saw when I walked in, totally didn't do it. So it's a fucking train wreck walking in here. But like trying to portray the optimism and hope and presence for the future. But I walk in. And it's sad. And I understand why. A lot of these people, this is their home and it's being taken from them. There's a lot of questions. But like, man, it hurt. It hurt to see. And instead of me, like, I try to rile it up a little bit, met on deaf ears. I'm like, well, I'm going to go train legs. Does anyone want to come? No, of course not. Because we're pro wrestlers. We're not athletes, right? Come on, guys. (laughs) You don't get an invite to go do leg day with EC3 and turn that down. Jake Logan knows. He begs me to take him to leg day. Beat him off with a stick. But, so, morale's down. Then we're at TV. And some good TV. Everyone's working hard. But sometimes they're working hard. Like, why am I working hard? I don't need to do this. But, you know. That's really it is a confusing thing. The, 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 what's the performance and risk value? Performance True. value and risk value are huge when you it, announce that people aren't getting resigned. It was something that weighed on my conscience as well. Like, yeah. what do I really need to do or want to do. Well, I'm too proud and I have too much, you know, faith and positive. I like, I like to work hard almost to a fault. I like to destroy myself to create something beautiful. But I had a very great instance with a, a nice young, uh, nice young up and comer who honestly, if you get to see this match, myself versus Eli Isom, um, he brought his A-game, and he's like a Ring of Honor dojo. He was trained by Delirious. He came up through the system. Uh, We had a singles match, and this is what makes it worth it. This is the kind of shit that makes it worth it. Because after the match, you know, I was like, hey, you know, thank you, kid. You did a great job out there. And he's emotional. Like, are you all right? He's like, no, that... That was just the best match I've ever had. And I'm like, whoa. Well, thank you. And then that carried me through the week. So hearing that from somebody that was able to give him that experience, no matter where he goes and what he does. Eli, if you're watching, this door is always open for you. But to have that happen, that made me feel good. And that carried me through the week into what is next. And we'll go into final battle. Then we'll go into whatever the rebrand or reimagining is. But I have great hopes, expectations, dare I say plans for when this does happen. And the final battle will not be just a final battle. It will be a first strike. 
a first strike into the future. And another thing I noticed about the Ring of Honor tapings is uh, post-match, if you're a victor, you go cut a promo. And these are promos unscripted, you know, just go say, talk about your match. And I had this match and I go to cut the promo, but by no means, by no stretch of the imagination, am I going to cut a promo on this frivolous match? I'm going to just let it all out. And I go out there, gangbusters ran of the week, popping off a promo of a lifetime. I hope it makes air, because it was straight fire. As the kids say, it was gas. And then like I deliver this, and it's noon on a Wednesday. So I deliver this promo, and like I'm just outside myself. I'm seeing myself transcend. I'm watching myself yell at this camera, just telling a masterful story. Up, you know, whatever's going to take place, projecting the future. I come back to reality, and then I'm back. And this is the hardest part about being a performer: is like, well, now what? Because yeah, <laughs> what? I, it's it's a Wednesday at noon. What else do I have to do? like? Yeah, that's your high of the day. Um, it's the high of the week. It yeah, might be the high of the month. Like yeah. that's what sucks about this so much is the come down. So, yeah. We're at the one year anniversary of when we invaded uh, Matt Cardona's podcast up in Baltimore too. Yeah. We're at the one year anniversary anniversary of that. And that was my uh, first time being a part of a hot angle, you know. Um, but it was, it was uh, hilarious because we're miles away from Washington DC during the weirdest uh, election of, 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 of history. And we're like, we're up there, you got one foot, you know, you got your one foot, but we hit this high and you, hit, you cut this promo about action figures outside and, and really start the whole storyline, a uh, whole narrative, sorry, with Matt Cardona. And I was like, oh man, let's go get some drinks. And you're like, nah, man, I want to go go to sleep and listen to talk. And that's, <laughs> gonna go fall asleep. <laughs> and I remember sitting there like, oh, it's 1030. All right, cool. I guess I'm going to sleep. Oh, you too. couldn't, yeah, you yeah, couldn't I sleep at all. I was out like a light. Yeah, like, but yeah. You uh, because where do you go after that high? But it is where do you and like I, we could go was, back in Jimmy's and crank, but I you know yeah. I want to get on a plane and go hit the gym in the morning. And the old me would have just got smashed and stayed up all night. And, that, and that's what we used to say all the time, uh, living it up with the boys was that like, how do you do what do you do for the rest of the day? And that's where everybody was like, I need to go get hammered, I need to go party because you hit that that peak and you want to you want to hold on to that for the rest of the day. That that, that rush of that dopamine yeah. drip, endorphins. Like coming um, off of like a, like when we do marathon impact tapings, we had to go out afterwards just because like we were so amped up, mm-hmm. you know. It's like shit. It's like three beat. three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you gotta go grab a drink after you do Jeff, watch Jeff Hardy do a swan time yeah, on the floor in front like, of 30 or people. Matt Hardy jumps off a ladder and busts you through a table and you're <laughs> kicking him off of it and like you're retaining a TNA title. And it's like, I mean, I'm so high on adrenaline right now. There's no way, you can't just go to bed. And well, maybe you should. So I guess if you do it at noon though on a Wednesday, it's a little bit healthier. Well, then if it's, it sucked. If that, was, if that was a Saturday at 10.30, you'd be like, oh crap, I'm, I'm hitting the bar. I mean, I could have went to the airport bar, but no, I yeah. went to the gym and then I went to the airport and I sat there and yeah, I'm like twitching. I'm like, and then I'm just, dep- it's depressing coming off of it because there's nowhere to go in that sense. Cause this is what you love to do and this is what's fun and this is what's exciting and entertaining and no matter how bad it is, it's still the best ever. Yeah, so 
There, I guess we went into a deep dive. So now we're all stimulated, we're geeking out, we're talking about performing and things of that nature. One place I like to perform is the gym. And this week's unpaid advertisement is our friends at Black Magic Supply. We've also made some of their t-shirts, Black Magic Supply. Funny thing about Black Magic Supply. Oh, the narrator here went keto and the first thing I said, you gotta get Skulldust Coffee. Creamer. So Skulldust Coffee Creamer has keto properties, MCT oils, collagen protein. So basically your coffee is your breakfast now. It is. Because it has yes. everything I you I usually need. do this with about four or five pieces of bacon, maybe an egg. Yep. Set and, the omega-3s uh, It's actually in it. great because I, I hated using the creamer situation, and this gives me the flavor of creamer. It's, it's Like nootropic. It almost gives you a clear mind. Clear mind, yes. yes. They just came out with boom. Hey, let's check it. Ectoplasm, this is a non-stimulant pre-workout, so like you get the pump without the gigantic amount of caffeine, but their Berserk pre-workout full of caffeine gets you both. I use both. I actually just do about half a scoop of Berserk now because I'm reading about less caffeine pre-workout, whatever, and I'm always amped up anyways, but Ectoplasm, code EC320 on Black Magic, but the reason Black Magic is our unpaid advertisement this week is because... One of the creators and crafters of Black Magic and many other interesting supplements is uh, Fodder. Yes. Fodder, the very first man to step in the narrative with me. And we talk about that. We go into a lot of, um, he was uh, less than a year in the business when you gave him the opportunity to step in the narrative and fight you. Uh, it didn't work out too good for him that day, though. But it worked out great for him because yeah. he stepped foot into yeah. something he's always wanted to do. Yeah. He found the, he was in the right place at the right time. I think he talks about the story of how yes. we met. But basically, I was checking ingredients on a supplement so I didn't pop a piss test. Which, by <laughs> the way, I can still piss cleanly any WWE, any professional wrestling, sports entertainment, drug test, believe it or not. Fucking haters on the internet, yeah. but Captain Clean piss over here. Captain, I mean, it's it's filthy piss. It's filthy, yeah, but it's not going to pop a drug. It's usually, a, yeah, if you don't flush the toilet here, it's at the a shop, hot, it's hot yellow. It's usually a hot yellow, a, light green style. It means I'm healthy and full of vitamins. <laughs> uh, but I hit him up, and then we, yeah, when we converse, and then he reveals he's kind of getting into wrestling, and he's sending me stuff, and he's a cool, he's a cool cat. I like him, but he has a look to him. He has this unique look to him. And what I really wanted to see out of the narrative was not somebody known, but somebody you look at and it's like, that dude should be in a fight. That's the kind of guy mm. that gets into scraps. That's the kind of guy who kicks ass. And Do you, you say a psycho boy? Dare I say a psycho boy. But you don't see that, I'll be honest, out of a vast majority of independent wrestlers. Mm. Indie wrestlers are based on dwelling losers most of the time and like this guy's self-made he's totally fine he loves wrestling he wants to do it but he's also created his own life outside of it so he doesn't have to and that's what intrigues me because he's so driven on so many facets that he's a mentality i like in this example if you're in the indies look like a wrestler he looks like a wrestler looks that's what you're trying to get at right yes he looks like a wrestler he looks like somebody that that dude fights yes he kind of looks like a piece of shit He's got Mount Everest tattooed on his belly. He's got Battle of Good and Battle of Evil. I'm just like, he looks, we, we talk he a lot looks about tough his, as his, shit. His, he had a long uh, background and he had a music career. And we go into a lot of who Fodder uh, Merton was before um, he became Fodder. And it's, uh, he's got a real fascinating story and a real like, 
what's amazing is that getting f- physically in shape for to become a, a more a marketable rapper is actually just how it changed his life, and it was a brought him into a healthier lifestyle. Well, take us to the interview. All right, psychoanalysis of fodder. Fodder. Official henchman of the essential character. <laughs> yes, I yeah. am here. Finally get to tell that story a little bit and free the narrative too. No doubt. Uh, but Fodder is at Merton, is, is, is your shoot name is. You know, yeah. uh, you've been with us since day one. Very uh, first one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I want to say if anybody's listened to our podcast, uh, EC3 went into a big gratitude uh, promo about you. And, you know, take us a little bit from your perspective of how you ended up uh, meeting us and then in the narrative. Because I know it doesn't AJ have something to do with that too, right? Yeah, a little bit. But, yeah. um, so like my shoot gig is that I work for, you know, a lot of supplement companies and I do a lot of marketing and, you know, I build Amazon pages and websites and write product descriptions and all that kind of stuff, man, for uh, dietary supplements. And it just so happened that one of the brands that I help run, um, I built out an Amazon page and I would say i would very rarely make mistakes with these type of things. <laughs> and for some reason, I left off the nutrition facts panel on the listing. And he messaged the brand page asking about the nutrition facts. <laughs> it's me on the other end. This so is AJ or like, EC3? EC3. Oh, EC3. Yeah, okay. so I'm like, hey, dude, like, just hit me up yeah. on my regular page. I was like, I'll hook you up. You know what I mean? We'll send you some subs, man. And, you know, maybe we can get some things going. Mm-hmm. So you know, we just always kind of kept contact and, you know, cause we're both into working out and yeah. all that. And, uh, you know, it progressed from there. Like I started going to wrestling school mm-hmm. just as something new to challenge me, man. Yeah. You know, um, I always been like a huge wrestling fan. I think you, know, you were since, nine months in when you were in the narrative, right? The yeah, first eight months. Eight yeah. Months, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What a crazy experience that was, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, what's crazy is, is like I posted, um, I usually post a lot of like story videos like of like my workouts and mm-hmm. things like that. And he replied to one of the story joints and he's like, hey man, like you want to come do this shit? I got some shit going on. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, when do you need me there? This was like a Wednesday. He was like, how about like Saturday? And I was like, <laughs> okay, man. So I yeah. just hopped the flight, went down, man. And um, you know, dude, everything has just progressed from there, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, eight months in, mm-hmm. right? And you're there you're you're at this big production thing you know what i mean like the pressure's on yeah and you know you're wrestling in front of like you know like adam was there man and you know i'm sitting there thinking like holy shit like i've been doing this for like eight months and like i'm wrestling in front of like the fucking wwe champion and shit you know drinking whiskey and all that man and it was like it was just like an unbelievable experience yeah man so i mean you know the just you know when, when i first got there you know i mean you know like tv wrestling is totally different than what we're doing right so like you know we kind of got like a skeleton crew um you know you know i'd say a four or five man team that that's handling everything on the on the day-to-day operations man and you know the sets you know in a garage yeah you know someone cutting hair over in one of the base you got a guy cutting (laughs) hair over there you know um i got you know roby yeah who's kind of walking me through everything and helping me out roby was really uh a key to your success in that in that situation is he worked with you every step of the way and yeah yeah and 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 he uh, dude he put a lot of pressure on me man and you know i think i think when the pressure's on is when i thrive the best right um because you don't progress unless you thrive in those situations and elevate yourself. Um, And eight months in, you know, there's so much 
there's so much that I'm still learning about the yeah. wrestling business, right? Yeah. Um, you still got another five years of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, right? And, and, and it's just, it's, it's like the way he helped me um, with just little things like, hey, man, like, you know, don't do it like that. Like, do it like this. Yeah. Like, maybe don't sell it like that. Maybe sell it like this. And the whole time, like, you're like, you're learning, yeah. right? And you're like, wow, man, like, okay. The light bulb starts to go off um, <laughs> with these things. And, like, I feel like you can train all the time, yeah. but like, unless you're in the environment with guys that are like way better than you, yeah. that's when you're really learning. Absolutely. And uh, one thing I want to apologize for, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's two takes of that first match. The, there's one take where I don't yell cut or anything. And there's no, the crowd's not reaction. You're just getting your ass handed to you by EC3. I always, yeah. wanna, I still want to put that out. Um, so there's, there's a, a, that match happened twice. And uh, I remember just like when it, the the silence in the room as EC3 is just decimating you, uh, and how much fun that was. And like, there's, I, yeah. I still, there's, there might be a black and white horror edit of that in the future. Well, and to, like, <laughs> so like, and then you know, like, and you get up and like, I was cool about it, but it was one of those things where like, I was still, it was my first, it was really my my first that your experience is my first experience too. Right, right, like all so of us, was, yeah. yeah, all of us of like, how do I direct this and be in the ring with uh, with this happening? And and it was it was so. Uh, uh, exciting, but I had to like snap into it real quick and like you, do my I, job. I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, so Roby's like helping me with everything and you know, kind of walking me through things. And you know, like right before we get ready to go out, he's like, uh, so he's like, one take, got it right, got it, one take. I'm like, yeah, yeah, got it, got it, one take. And you, you're in an environment yeah. where you're like wrestling in front of all these people who you never give no idea yeah, who yeah, they are, yeah. right? So you can't not perform. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, you know, Spud had mentioned to me, he goes, he goes, hey, man, like, how long you been doing this? And I was like, oh, like eight months. He goes, damn, dude, I'd be shitting my pants right now. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Spud yeah. is there just to add that extra stress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, he's, for he's, sure. keep, he's keeping Most you on your toes. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Spud. <laughs> um, the, uh, well, that, that, that experience is amazing. And that got seen by, you know, three, 400,000 people, uh, yeah. especially once Impact uh, helped get it some exposure. Um, then you go to the free the narrative then. So you're in the narrative, then we go to free the narrative and you get to wrestle somebody from your backyard yeah. that's been 10 years in the business and that's mm -hmm. John Schuyler. Man, and, and what an and, amazing worker he is, gosh the elevation damn. then yeah. and the learning experience. And you see it throughout the, throughout the fight where you're starting to, I don't know, click a little bit more and, yeah. and you know, get it a little bit. But Well, and too, right? So like, I think like part of that too is like just like getting the reps in. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I know a lot of guys that train one time a week, man, but I try to go three, four times a week. Um, and just the to pressure get that time being, in. being so young in the business and having to work heel. Like yeah, that's, man. Yeah, that's, and, and like, that's, that's a whole different type of pressure. Well, and like, what a great ring general Skyler is, though, yeah. right? So, like, um, Lodi from WCW, mm -hmm. um, he's helped train me up a lot, man. And, um, you know, Skyler would pop through Lodi's quite a bit. And I'd never actually, like, got in the ring and, like, you know, locked up with him or like touch with him because um, he was coming off that knee injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when he was coming off that knee injury, he was kind of just like directing traffic a lot, like on the mm -hmm. outside of the ring, like helping guys and stuff. And so like we knew who each other were. Mm -hmm. um, but dude, I was I was nervous as shit, man, because it's <laughs> like, like here's a guy who's been wrestling for, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah. He's wrestled a lot of fucking guys. I yeah. mean, you know, Liger and all these guys. And he's just got... He's just, he understands what he's doing and yeah. why he's doing it. And he's so well honed as a wrestler. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like, 
it's it's sometimes it's like nerve wracking, right? Because like you're getting in there with a guy who's got all this experience. Mm -hmm. And like he knows that you have limited experience, and it's his job to kind of like guide you around and like make you look good. Really? Yeah. And damn, if he didn't make me look amazing, you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? I mean, obviously, like I think I was a lot better at that point than I was previous yeah. when we did the first one. Um, and and that's just getting the reps in and all that. But I mean, dude, he led me all around that ring, and I didn't even know I was being led around that ring. Yeah, exactly. and I, I told him that the last yeah. time we talked. I was like, man, you know, I watched that back and. You know, it's just crazy how you just led me from this corner to that corner yeah. to that, you know. And uh, there was one time, like, in the match, um, I think just, like, nerves and stuff, yeah. you know, when you first start off. And, uh, like, he's he's got me in a hold. And I remember he just leaned down. And he, said, he said, yo, man, just loosen up for me. <laughs> and then, like, from that point, yeah. like, everything was, like, good to go. And it, there's a lot of pressure being... Uh, you know, casted in this reality as as EC3's right hand man, and yeah. being, being the you know the first sergeant, and like you know we call you fodder because you are you know the forefront of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're the first one in the battle. You know if uh, and and we're going to see that progress as the narratives uh, mature. But um, there's a, that's an added pressure too. Is like, hey, I'm in this new environment. I'm a year and a half in the business, and I'm being put on this this right next to EC3. Right. right next to the essential character, right? Uh, and there's there's an and like and obviously we that that's a great story that gets told with um, with Jake Logan in the last one. Um, you the last couple is is you being the person in the spot that Jake Logan always wants to be in. You know right, right, I mean? right, right, right. And he yeah. strives to, and that's that's a that's some beautiful storytelling that we're still going to digest a lot more as we grow into the narrative. Um, now with wrestling, Jake Logan, he's another guy grew up in the business. You know right. What I mean, his dad was promoter in Texas for years. And then uh, unfortunately, that's that's actually a lot of his detriment is that he's uh, programmed a certain way in indie wrestling. That's why he's the indie wrestler in the narrative. Right. Uh, what did you get out of actually uh, taking him out of the narrative? Well, dude, I love Jake, man. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I can't, I, I worked a show in Tampa uh, that he was on and that was the first time like we actually met and he was like super cool. Like we hit it off right yeah. away. Um, so once I found out that we were gonna be able to like do our thing, you know? Well, I looked you guys right in the eyes at, this, yeah. at the first one, and I was like, you know, it's, it, it, this is what's coming. Right, 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 I mean, it's building, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's and like, it, it was, it's great, man. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Jake's another guy, man, who has given me like a ton of advice and like helped me out. And, you know, when we were kind of figuring out like what we were gonna do, and that's, and yeah. that's, like, a, that's like another good thing yeah. like about what the narrative is, right? Is it's not you coming in and saying like, the match is going to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and you yeah. guys are just going to go in there and perform it. Yeah. It's like, look, this is this is what we're trying to accomplish. You guys figure that shit out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Figure out how to make it it's, work, yeah, right? It's your creative platform. And, yeah. you know, I had some ideas for it, and he had some ideas for it, and we just kind of, like, meshed it together, man. And, dude, I thought it came out phenomenal, man. Thank um, you. Yeah. Minus, minus when he hit me with that discus forearm and slapped me in the <laughs> face. I mean, like, that thing came around, and he's like, wow. <laughs> You know, yeah. but the for, the forearm was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it, it, like it's the the being okay as a as a producer or a wrestling therapist, whatever the whatever the fuck we are, we're still figuring out. But like seeing uh, taking someone like you who is super new in the business and, right. and giving the opportunity to put you in these high pressure situations and watch you thrive has been has been a rush. Like that's something me and EC three have been very very passionate about. Um, one like where do you see yourself? Uh, in in future narratives, like what would bring the best out of you, man? Just working more top level guys, yeah. like, and and that's the thing, like about like 
what you're getting at in terms of like, yo, we're elevating you, mm-hmm. and like we're elevating you like really fast. Yeah. Um, and you're because that's a major risk in wrestling. That's such a risk. Oh, big, to do, I could yeah. get in there and just like hurt, just bomb big yeah, time, or hurt right? Somebody or you know like hurt yourself. You know those are speaking of bombing. Yeah. I will give you a story about bombing. Um, I worked EC3 in a match, and obviously, like <laughs> me and him are really good friends. Uh, and there were a couple times like so. This was like one of like my first like main event matches like on an indie show, and like you know. With with doing a show in front of a live crowd and like doing the narrative, it's totally different, right? Totally because different. you can kind of move at your own pace in the narrative. Yeah. Because you're setting the tone, and you know, like we have the crowd and all that kind of stuff. But we're not. We don't create content that we we don't create content for the fans and, and the audience, and that's where uh, right. most wrestling shows are placating to the audience. Exactly. You're just trying to get over to that front row. So and we're just like, fuck the front row. And I'm just feeding up too quick on some of these spots, man. <laughs> and I remember he just grabbed me. Like, I fed up too fast once. And like I said, like, this is, like, my first, like, main event. Like, this is the probably the longest match I've ever done, man. Mm-hmm. It was, like, over 15 minutes long. Yeah. And it just had all these interweaves, man, of, like, <laughs> building. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where you're like this, like, the whole match, you know? And I remember I fed up, and he kicks me. He boots me. He throws me in the corner. And he goes, you fucking up. <laughs> Boom! Hits me with a chop. He goes, I know you're better than that. Boom! Hits me with another chop. He goes, don't fuck up again. Boom! And another chop. And, like, I think, like, some people that might have hurt their feelings. Yeah. Right? And I knew I fucked up. But I don't, like, nobody in the crowd noticed that I fucked up. So, that like, that's, like, a moment between me and him, like, where it's a teaching moment. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and it's great because you did get an t- opportunity to challenge a big name in Weston Blake and Project Narrative. Yep. Which is I mean, he's a, very a guy brave. It's very yeah. brave on your end because he's he's his precision is insane. <laughs> well, like, I mean, dude, like, after watching the match with Skyler, yeah. I'm going, like, this this dude is fucking off the hook, yeah. you know? Um, so, like, I told EC3, I was like, I want to wrestle this guy tomorrow. Like, I don't give a shit if it's like taped or <laughs> yeah, like whatever, yeah. but like I need to get in the ring and like wrestle with this guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, he helped make that happen. And like Weston's like such a great guy, such man. Great I guy, mean, yeah. such a cool dude, man. He's given me so much advice and you know, just that time in the ring with him, you know. Like I had messaged him afterwards. I was like, dude, like, you know, like, can I like if you got time, like I'll come to Orlando and train with you, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I learned so much, like yeah. one, putting it together with him, but two, just being in there and you know the more you are in there working with those guys and they're kind of directing you and, you know, yeah. you're talking back and forth with and them and all flows. that. how he flows. Like, it's just his rhythm in the yeah, ring. Yeah, the you rhythm know, is the unbelievable, rhythm. Yeah. man. And it's something that you, you only learn with experience with people like Weston Blake. Right, know? right. It's funny how he's, you know, he's, he's such a scary, tough guy in the ring, but, like, in, in real life, he's just, if, if, he, if he cares about you, he, your family. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, that's, that's amazing on his end. Yeah. Um, the uh, let's go in, like don't you have a, a background in, in music production right? It- I actually used to do music. Man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I used to do hip hop music, man. Yeah, um, like- and, dude, I like I got songs. I, I did hip hop music from the time I was like seventeen to I was twenty four. And and those were um, the, the messy days that created your character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say I, like, I some of it. Same, yeah, I had the same experience. I mean, like, but. dude, I, I mean, like, dude, I was working with so many of the big names, like you know, in the music industry, like French Montana and Killer Mike and yeah. Mob Deep. You know, before Prodigy died, um, you know, we did a joint with him, man. So like, it was it was elevating, man. But like, you know, as I elevated more, like in music, yeah. Um, 
I feel like like my health deteriorated more. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, because you're in the studio all night, mm-hmm. you're recording and you're going to do these festivals like yeah. South by Southwest and the AC3 when they had it in Atlanta and all that, man. And the more you do that um, and the more you like just eat shitty and do drugs. Yeah. And you just, you're trying to get through it. Like it's not, it's, it's, it stops being a party at a certain point. It's just like the drinking and the drugs and the shitty food is just so you can get to point A to B. Right, right. I mean? And then in the music, like in the really music surviving scene, in that moment. And, yeah. Well, even during that time, right? It's like, it's it's like content. I think like that was the beginning of like content creation. Like so, like when you had the mixtapes and all that, yeah. um, it became like never enough. So like you always had to be in the studio like recording new material because you could drop something on Monday, yeah, and on Wednesday it's old. It's old. Like yes. everybody's like on to the next thing. It's like yeah. okay, yep, heard that song, man. Time it's for the new mixtape, so whatever. Frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. Yeah. Now, were you actually like writing the music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's what was your favorite program to use back then? Man, I used to record. So I have my own studio, man, in the house. Um, and I used to record on Cubase. Cubase, that's what I was always yeah. saying. Cubase yeah. is the real deal, man. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just trying to date you. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, this was I'm, like I'm 2000. I mean, I mean, as you see, we use Ableton here like crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Tommy Tanks is very much a Pro Tools guy, but it's it's native instruments. It's all. Well, know, and I always yeah. use Windows computers, right? Uh, um, yeah. So the great thing about Cubase, man, is you could go in and you could have like, the presets for your voice already ready to go. Yeah. So you record the whole song, man, turn the preset on, boom, that thing's ready <laughs> to go. Ready you know what I mean? It's ready to get shipped out, man. Yeah. And, um, it just made everything so much yeah, easier. Because in, in, like, as you say, it, it, uh, music turned into more, for anybody not understanding uh, this, the subject we're talking about, as the, the digital age came in streaming and streaming and social media happened, um, music became more factory-based. You yeah, know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, you saw Guitar Center. Everybody became a producer, a DJ. I'm not singling you out. I was everybody. I was doing it too. Everybody yeah. was doing it. But like with that came this like super fa- and like it is like I it is a little bit like that still nowadays. You see it with with wrestling, man. It's, yeah. uh, Jericho always say here today, gone today. You yeah. Know what I mean, and trying to stay relevant, and you know that's what we deal with that all the time with the narratives that uphill battle of trying to stay relevant when there's 20 hours of free content put produced by corporations every week. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. It's really, really rough to stay. And I think, yeah. you know, the, you know, with what's happening now, like with the podcast and mm-hmm. like, you know, all the extra matches and all that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, it's given people stuff to get through to the next one. Yes, right? absolutely. And, um, and that's what we needed to do. And, and yeah, that's something we, we only brush on, but Fodder does help out a lot in the office here at The Narrative with your email blaster from him, you know, he's, he's making sure, oh, JC, JC can't design this flyer. Well, I got three guys that can do that and stuff. So he's, he's really my, uh, as much as he's EC3's right-hand man, he's been my right-hand man and and definitely in the Shopify stuff because I'm still running a printing company with three other Chloe lines. Yeah. And we're all working like, like, we're we're all all working real real gigs, man, and, and hustling and doing this and, you know, it's, you know, there's times, man, where, you know, sometimes you just think like, man, like, dude, I don't have time for anything. Yeah. Right. So like you wake up, like you're doing cardio, you work all day, <laughs> you go to the gym and then it's like, okay, like what do we need to do for the narrative? Yeah. I mean, it's a million things to do, man. And it's like, it's better to stay busy than be broke. Oh, know? absolutely. 100%. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. And that from a, from a hip hop guy, that's a great line. <laughs> um, you know, uh, with the, what was, what was the turning point? from your music career into the getting healthy and becoming a, uh, a bodybuilder and, and, and getting into the supplements. Like what was that journey like? Cause that is a, not just a physical awakening. It's such a spiritual and, and you literally probably absolutely. grew up a lot as a per, like that's what I've seen out of everybody. Yeah, absolutely, least. man. It was, um, 
I went to New York and, you know, like at this time, like I was already like verified, like as a celebrity on Twitter and all yeah. that, you know, from the music. Cause I did, I'd been in so many magazines yeah. and just all that. And, and that's where Loki's comes from, right? That's where it comes yeah, from. Yeah. That's my, or, my or music name. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he's available. If you're looking for him on uh, Instagram and Twitter, he's Loki's. Yeah. Loki's 910. L O K E Y S 910. And, and he came into our world and in the wrestling world, there already is a low key. So yeah. it was like, it was yeah. a little confusing at first. Like, yeah. Somebody was like, you can't use that as your wrestling name. I was like, yeah, I won't, man. It's no big deal. It's just my Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah. He'll kick you in the face for it. Yeah. But we, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I went to New York and I met with this company called the Ten Agency, and they handled. Um, they have they had distribution um, through one of the major labels. I can't remember which one it is, um, but they also used to do a lot of um, the music casting gigs for like late night TV shows and all that. Right. So you know they had distribution, so they could sign anybody um, and put them out. And I met with them. They're like, "Yo, like we love your shit." And the guy basically just told me he was like, "Look, dude," he was like, "We like the way you look." I mean, you know, he was like, we like your music, but we don't like the way you look. Um, you know, and, and at that time, I was probably 250 pounds. Um, you know, fat, white guy. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, he's kind of telling me, he's like, you know, like, dude, like, if you were like, like 150 pounds, like, we could sell you to, like, teenagers and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And uh, he said, why don't you take, like, three months, like, go hire a personal trainer, maybe try to lose some weight, we'll come back and talk, man. And I started uh, going to the gym. So the first time I ever walked in a gym was when I was 25. Mm -hmm. um, I'd never been in a gym before that. And I met a guy who was a bodybuilder, um, Corey Lansaw. He would kill me if I didn't give him a shout out. <laughs> yeah. um, and I pestered him to give me a diet and he started helping me with the diet. And I'm one of those people, man, too. Like I got OCD, so man, like when I zone in on something, yeah. I'm either all in at 100% or I'm just out all the way. And that's why we love you on the team. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you gotta be in all yeah. in at 100%. So when I started doing the diet and, you know, I lost all the weight, man, I got down to like, man, I remember I, remember I went from like 240 or 230 down to like 190. And then like, I started asking like, man, you know, maybe I can get abs, dude. Like yeah. I never had abs <laughs> before, you know? And he dieted me down, man, to yeah. like 160. And I was just kind of like bare skin and bones and then, you know, I did like a little off season with him um, and I got up to like 190. I cut back down, but I was 160 when I did my first show nice. and I won my first show, but I looked completely different at 160 um, <laughs> from from when I was just had yeah. lost all the way, you know, yeah. and from that point, it just progressed, man. I mean, I ended up getting with AJ, man. Um, you know, he's phenomenal with the diets, man. Yeah. AJ um, Sims, Cement yeah, Factory. Cement Factory, man. He keeps, yeah. he, I mean, he keeps me in shape all he keeps, year long. He keeps a lot of the, the narrative churning. Yeah, like, yeah man. He's, he's the one that's sculpting, sculpting a lot of the All the year long. Yeah. You know, and dude, I eat a ton of food. I don't do a lot of cardio. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's got the, uh, the magic sauce, man. Yeah. Like, he, if you ever need it, man. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, uh, so we're uh, we're filming this the same weekend as uh, Mr. Olympia in yep. Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you have any uh, insane stories of being at the Controller Narrative booth with you know at Adam Shear? Oh on my top God! Of the Yesterday, yo. Yeah, Let at, me tell you. Yeah. Um, so like, this guy walks up and he's got a fucking briefcase in his hand and he's got like all these like tattoos on his face. And I think they were like fake tattoos. They were like like the 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 joints like that you press on with the water and take oh, them off. Wow, I yeah. thought they were real, but I yeah. mean, he, uh, Adam told me they were fake. But he walks up and he's like, "Yeah, well, like we want to do like this YouTube shit." And I don't know if they asked him something like, "Hey, man, like what do you weigh?" And like I don't know if he gave him an answer or not. Um, but then like the guy opens up the briefcase and he's got a fucking weight scale. <laughs> Right, like like trying to do it like right there on camera. 
And Blonde's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, he just runs him off, man. I mean, I mean, you see some crazy shit. I mean, so, you know, last night we went to... Uh, I didn't know that story at all. <laughs> oh, dude, it was insane, man. It was, a, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, and we, we fucking... Um, so we have a... Um, you know, we got the booth, and then we got all the shirts and pictures and everything, man. And, you know, the lines were crazy, man, at the booth. Um, you know, I have, like, a cool video come out and all yeah. that, man, like, kind of showcasing it all. Um, so, like, it, this- is, it is a very bold thing for a company, like, we're, you know, a wrestling cinema company, to set up at a, a bodybuilding company. Because yeah, yeah. it was the message that everybody was attracted to. Absolutely, man. I mean, there yeah, were a like, lot of people that didn't know anything about the wrestling. Yeah. But they were coming up like, hey, man, like, I like this shirt, the Control Your Narrative shirt, yeah. you know? If you like it, get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Freethenarrative.com. But yeah, that, that was the most advantageous opportunity is because we are selling uh, control, purpose, and freedom. We're selling a message and a movement. Yeah. And, and having that presence to the everyday person was so, and, and having you and Weston Blake there and, and, and Quentin and like, it just yep. like something, there was something very brave because there was no other wrestling company. And dude, I couldn't be, there. you know, yeah. honestly, man, like, you know, I've worked a lot of expos in the past, man, just yeah. like for my, my, my shoot job and all that, man. And, you know, sometimes you just get tired of like explaining like products to people and things like <laughs> that. But, but like, dude, I had a I had a great time. I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't pick like a better guy, a group of guys to be around. Yeah. Because everybody's just so cool, man, and so laid positive, back and humble, yeah. man. So positive, man. So we're we're at the booth, and this old lady drives up on the she's like on the cart, you know? Yeah. 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 And she drives up and she pulls, she takes like one of the shirts, and she starts to like drive off with it. <laughs> And he's, he's like, where, where are you going? He's like, are you going to buy the shirt? She goes, well, how much is it? He goes, $20. And then he goes, well, how much did you think it was? And she goes, free? He's like, then why did you ask how much it was? <laughs> so she takes, she tosses the shirt back up there and then like hits like the fucking vroom, vroom, like yeah. the fucking motorcycle yeah. joint and it drives right off, man. <laughs> then we leave there. <laughs> And we go to the fucking Shinedown concert with that. Let's explain to everybody watching or listening or watching, but a lot of these events, uh, people go just for free swag. Oh, man. Uh, they, they show up for they free show samples. For, yeah. yeah, man. Free shirts. That's, that's why a lot of people pay to go to a lot of these expos. It's just Dude, for free people stuff. have bags the size yeah. of the screen. Yeah, just like, I mean, huge. Yeah, just full of free stuff. So, and, and like, so that's, that's, that's where the miscommunication was with the, the woman. And, you know, <laughs> but she, you know, used her, her uh, scooter to tell us how she was going to control her narrative. And she did, man. <laughs> I mean, she, she's, she's doing this with her face. Like, when she's driving off, she's like... Yeah, so nah, Karen, not so, paying twenty dollars. So this is the know? episode of Karen on Wheels. You yeah, exactly, one hundred percent, man. <laughs> and we leave there. We go to the me and Q and Adam and EC three go to the Shinedown concert. Oh, that had to be insane. It was insane, man. Um, <laughs> you know, shout out to Adam, man. That was a great night. You know, uh, we're there and we're just kind of hanging out, man. And like this chick and this, like her friend comes up and she's kind of talking and you know EC3's kind of on his phone and she says some shit to him and he goes she looks up and he goes we're not fucking you get lost <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh shit <laughs> and she just kind of stands there with this bewildered look on her face and she was like oh okay she's like maybe I fucked up I was like ah. I was like I, you know she's like is he serious I was like 
Yeah, the, the, the essential character is that all the time, man. He's a pure psycho boy. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, the one thing he is not going to be is annoyed by like girls at a, a radio rock concert. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Exactly. It was what a night. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody's seen on, on Instagram, definitely Adam was up on stage with Shine Down, whether he was invited or not. He was definitely up there having a, the time of his oh, life. Oh man, yeah. dude, they love him. Yeah, man. yeah they love oh, him. Dude, yeah, they love yeah. him, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and I think Shine it's Down. the second Shine Down concert in the last couple weeks. Yeah. Know? Yeah, man. And those, those guys are great dudes, man. Great dudes, like, yes. dudes. So we like to, in, in these sit-down interviews, because we're not, you know, this is as much as we want to say podcast, this is actually an interview. Yeah. Uh, I like to ask everybody that sits down, um, who would you like to see knock on the door for you? Whether it's you pull the best out of them or they pull the best out of you, because you still have, you know, a lot of learning to do. You're mm. still young in the business as a fighter, um, you know. We, we've, we've, you know, you've John Schuyler, EC3, Jake Logan, Weston Blake. What's next for Fodder? Man, I think Righteous Vincent. Righteous Vincent is the person that's going to need to come see me at the narrative. There's a, there's a great story, a great opportunity there uh, because of his, a lot of his antics, antics being so uh, conflicting to your personality. Right. You know I mean? and, and like, so... You know, look in the camera. I mean, if you're speaking to Vincent right now, like, why would you want to fight Vincent? I want to get in the ring with Vincent and show him who the king of horror really is. <laughs> I want to show him that I can put down the supposed king of horror. And if he's down, he can step between the ropes and get it on with fodder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming and hanging out. My brother, you know, yeah, we'll be 100%, doing, we'll be doing more man. of these. And I'm uh, looking forward to you punching Vincent in the face. Absolutely. That's coming soon. <laughs> man, what a psycho boy. He's not, though. He's not. He's super chill. <laughs> He's the chillest dude, but like super hard worker. Yeah. Uh, just grinds it out. He helps us so much on so many fronts, especially with mm. like the website and learning shop find he we probably work too slow for him to be honest like yeah. he's a he's a hustler driven uh has his shit together and that's what intrigues me so much about him and makes me i don't know disdain what people think they need to be in this industry like having outside interests intrigue me more than this is my dream i eat sleep Breathe this business. Like, every, <laughs> I've heard that story. so cliche. I've heard that tale. Yeah, the independent wrestler tale. Like, and but everyone has it. Yeah. Would you do any, listen to my speech from the nerve. Would you really do anything? Would you? The answer 99% of the time is no. Because how many times do I meet people on the indies and be like, what do I need to do? Well, you need to get in shape. Well, you need to not suck. <laughs> Six months later, I see him again. Hey, what do I need to do? Like, you look exactly the same and you're just as bad. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah. 
watching wrestling and talking about it on the internet is not going to get you better. Living a life outside of wrestling, interacting with people, having promo, like cutting a promo on the guy at the gas station, getting into a fist fight at a bar, that's going to make you a better wrestler than freaking watching the modern day product and stealing the moves. Yes. Creating something unique and tangible that exists outside of it, that's what brings people in. My opinion. If you, what do I yeah, know? If you are spending your time trying to... Uh, like embody the modern day product right now, you're, you are the problem. Straight up, you are the, like, you're exactly the problem. Like, because nobody's thinking differently or yeah. outside of it. And no. that's what's going to take. A, it's, a, it's programming at that yeah. point. I want to be just as popular yeah. as everybody else. So I'll, we'll just imitate it. Yeah. But, that, you know, I go into depth in these at the project narrative seminars. I think we have one coming up in Wisconsin. Adam and I will be doing at the Blizzard Bro with David Hero. But, uh, yeah, now I'm getting all fired up. I don't know where to... Yeah, I think we're ready for the round of week. Where should I go with it, though? Because I didn't plan on going this route, but now I might have to go on it. Oh, you want to do the rant on, on uh, well, emulating indie wrestling? Not uh, emulating it, but, like, all right. The programming of it, The, yeah. the program... The, the wrestling indie matrix needs to be... I am not an indie promoter. Yes. I am not a scumbag, dirt worse loser, nobody who's done nothing. I am a creative genius and I partnered with a like-minded individual to create something new and unique and bring the business forward. I'm not working for fucking bingo halls and little shit rec centers and maybe if I'm lucky getting to high school. I'm not an indie promoter. If you come to me, you're not getting a envelope stuffed with like some dirty dollar bills, probably short at the end of the show, or you're not getting an excuse. Hey, brother, the gate was light. Get you next time. I'm not an indie promoter. I'm not running weekly. I'm not running monthly. I'm not aspiring to have some weird local TV deal. I'm not booking the honky-tonk man. I'm not booking Glacier. I'm not pulling that shit. I'm creating something new, unique, special. A platform for people like you to become something more, something you should be. Take yourself to the next level, not just in wrestling, but in general. So when you come to me trying to get booked in the narrative, bro, come at me like a man, come at me like a unique individual. I have one case, I'm gonna go over to here, saved in my cellular device. One second. So. This is just one of many this has happened a few times. Well, it happens often. All right. So first off, young man I met at an independent. Uh, he was a fan of me. Guess what? Don't meet your heroes. As you'll see through these psychoanalysis of people that know me, sometimes I'm a little on edge and a little crazy. It's not because I'm an asshole. It's just because I don't want to waste time with idiots, okay? And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to baby face you and then stab you in the back. I'm going to tell you straight up if I want to talk to you mm. or I don't. And if I'm hard on you, it's because I like you. If I'm fucking hard on you, it's because I see a lot in you. Because you've been handed so much and it's just been so easy and everyone's buddy, buddy, buddy. That's not the industry. I was buddy, buddy, buddy with fucking everybody. And guess what happened? Jack shit. Mm -hmm. Okay? I've been fucked over more times than I can count. 
And guess what? That's because he play nice and be friends. So this guy at the end, he introduces, oh, I'm a big fan from your thing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, are, are you? Cool. What was your favorite thing? Oh, you know, you had the match with uh, the uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah, that did. That was, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, we love you. Okay, cool. And then I'm like kind of like shitting on him a little bit because like, all right, I want to see if this guy can play ball. I want to see if he's got the feel for me because can if I can dish it out, can he take it and give it back to me? Because then I like you. But if you cower in fear, then I think you're a pussy. So what did he say to me? He said something so fucking insulting, Jed. Oh, he did? He said so <laughs> fucking insulting to me. No, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> and he's like kind of laughing at my shit, but he's kind of like, I don't know if this guy's serious. And he goes, you know who you remind me of? I'm like, who? Oh, oh shit. Renee Dupree. Ooh. I'm like, what? Wow. Not no, I don't know Renee. Yeah. I don't know Renee at all, but I know that he was a hothead with some addiction issues, and he's probably way out there. And I'm not being that way out there. So he meant like you as a person, not you as like your looks. It's not like No, like it, me as like how I'm acting backstage. Oh. I'm like, I'm sorry, am I not professional for you? You're talking to me. I didn't come to you. You're interrupting me. But okay, fine. All right, whatever. So, hey, man, I really want to get in the narrative. Cool, man. All you got to do is show up. Okay, when are you doing it? I don't know. Hit me up on Instagram. So he hits me up. Tell him when the narrative's coming. I'll be there. Cool. Hey, brother, I can't make it. Something came up. I believe there was a passing in his family. Okay. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable, yes. Understand. 100%. Yes. Yeah. No problem. I'm sorry, but I can't make it. There was a passing in my family. Don't apologize. Yeah. What are you apologizing for? There was that death in your family. <laughs> that is important. This isn't. That's important. Take care of that. You have my best wishes, my thoughts, and my prayers. Good luck. We'll catch you on the next one. Next one comes along. It just just opens with, hi, brother. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You see what kind of mood I'm in. What? He hearts it. You heart what? Okay. Congratulations. On what? On signing with AEW. I'm like, well, you are right. First off, right off the bat, you're congratulating me on fake news that if you read the person who tweeted it, says in the reply, I made this up. Like, so you don't source any of this information, so you're fucking moron straight off the bat. Like, I'm already, I'm living. Like, not because it's fake news. It's just like, how can you be so dumb? How can you exist in this life, let alone this industry, being this ignorant with fucking facts. There's no facts backing that up. It was a dumb tweet that somebody reported on shitty fake fucking wrestling news. Just to see how many Just, people, yeah, it's, it's like, a prank, it's it, a prank. It's a joke, yeah. like, it, that guy, someone says it. I know I couldn't be able to do the free narrative because of the family situation. I don't know when you'll be doing it again. I just want you to know that if I get another opportunity, then I'll be there. Shoot name. Shoot name. Shoot name. Shoot name. I don't, should that offend me? Am I wrong with this? Uh, Regardless, I say I'm already hot. He's I'm like, like so what are you talking about? First off, meaning what are you saying about the, the signing? Obviously, why would you believe the internet? <laughs> I say, why are you using my Christian name? I could have also said my government name because it's not about religion. And what, what is this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, man. You came to me! 
me to calm down? You are dropping in my inbox looking to get booked in my thing thinking there's money for you. There isn't. There is no money in the narrative and there is only purpose and do you even deserve to find it? I doubt it because you just are not on the same wavelength and that's okay. Go play with dark. I do real shit here. But yeah, calm down, man. Don't tell a grown man to calm down. Don't tell me to calm down ever because the only thing that makes me fucking matter then anything is when someone tells me to calm down when I'm not even that mad. Now I'm fucking mad. All right. <laughs> and he hits you with the government I, name. Yeah. Wow. I don't know about your Christian name, Hindu name, or Muslim name, man. I thought that was your shoot name. Well, it is. Who the fuck said you can use it? It's not about religion. Just like, brother would be fine. I like, anyways. Then he says, Rip Rogers is right about one thing. LOL. LOL and the emoticon of the crying emoji. So LOL and he like, had to tap it in. Like he couldn't pick one. Oh. First off, third, fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Sounds like he's flirting with you. Seventh fucking thing. If you're a grown man using LOL after your own sentence, you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. LOL. Grow up. Most of the wrestlers are sensitive, corny, and childish. Wrestling is a grown men's business where men act like kids. Rip Rogers. Is that what you're saying? I don't understand what you're saying here. Am I sensitive? Am I being corny or childish? Because I'm being an adult, and I'm being rough and fair with you. And grown men act like, grown men act like kids. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Fucking act like a child. Use LOL. Fucking grown man. Anyway, I don't need any heat. If I rubbed you in the wrong way, I apologize. Great. Good luck. Fucking four-leaf clover. I won't contact you further. God bless. I don't need any heat. You don't need any heat? Do you know how to get ahead in this industry? You get heat because you bypass people because you step on their hearts. You stab them in the back. You fucking kill everybody to get where you want to go. That's getting you heat. If you don't want to get heat, you're in the wrong fucking business. Heat is how you get to the top. Heat creates conflict. Conflict creates cash. Well said. Okay. Yeah. I think that's it. It's a really good. So yeah, I mean, if you're good. It's a great round of the week, though. Yeah, remember we're going to time it and keep it under five minutes. I think that was twelve. Yeah, I've been thinking about putting a cap on it, but no, you got to just feel it out there, man. If you're feeling the room and it's some good heat, you got to like, get it. Rant in the room for for serious, because a lot of people are inquiring about being projects and coming to the next narrative. Listen, if you hit me up and I test you a little bit, be prepared for that. Be mm-hmm. prepared to fucking fire back a little bit of fucking shots. Yeah. Be prepared to fucking bring me something different. This is not fucking indie. This is not fucking bullshit. Well, remember when that guy hit you to be a referee? We do, like, <laughs> still, he wants to come in and talk. Oh, well, what do you want to talk about? I got no fucking, I got nothing booked. <laughs> what do we get? Which, which is exciting. Ex- like, we're trying so hard oh. to be different, be artists. And two, yeah. when I go, yeah, where do you see yourself in the narrative? Have you watched it? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so I put it up for fucking free. No fucking excuses. And, yeah, I've, I've had people hit me up, indie wrestlers hit me up and be like, hey man, uh, what do I got to do to be uh, in the narrative? And I'm just like, yeah, it's, I think we're just naturally going to let this grow. So we are looking for projects. And I we love don't have, them. We don't have, we don't have a, a, a cap many, on projects. Wait till you see like, the shit we come out with the project narrative. There's some people I was like, oh, 
the fuck's this guy doing here? Blows my mind because yep. he was real as shit. Fucking awesome. Cool. Want that. So there will be opportunities. Yes. And like I said, the fucking truth is, all you gotta do is knock. Yeah. All you gotta do is knock. When is the knock gonna take place and occur? I don't know. But all you gotta do is, yeah. if you have fucking, you, hey, if I put up a fucking the bat signal and say, narrative film in December fucking 20th, 35th, because I don't wanna put a date on anything. Narrative December 35th. January 4th. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it, hit me up, hit me up, bing, whatever. Hit me up. I would say, it's at this location, be there. Yeah. And then show up or don't. I don't fucking care. What's weird for us in the past is being like, hey, it's, uh, we're filming it next Sunday and you have seven days to figure out to get, come here and then we work with what shows up yeah. and, and we turn that into some, some great emotion. Um, let's do some mad props. I see you've been doing a podcast outside of this one. I did, yeah. I'm cheating on you. Mm -hmm. I'm cheating on you, Vince Russo. Oh. Well, Vinny, okay, no, you weren't here in there. Uh, Space Cowboy was, but Vince Russo dials me up. He's like, hey, man, you got me to talk? Yeah, sure, what's up? Hop over on the, the line with him. And like, it was one of those days where I'm like trying something new where I'm like, I'm going to say yes to anything. Mm -hmm. No matter what. No matter what comes down the pipe. I can get a shitty hinge match. I would have said yes. <laughs> and bad dinner date? Yes, whatever. Just saying yes. Vince is like, hey, man, I want you to do a podcast on my network. I'm like, all right. Do I have to do anything? No, you just got to show up and talk. Sweet. How long? I don't know, 30, 45 minutes? Great. Cool. Do you know what it pays? Oh, I don't care. It's fine. Whatever. But it's going to be great to parlay, too. But the way I looked at it, too, we don't know shit about creative in wrestling, formatting TV, things of this nature. Oh, it's probably such a learning like, experience. Yeah. yeah. Like scripting, like television, this, that, this. There's so much... I could take from him. I think people already tried to cancel me because I'm doing his Patreon. Like, who, shut up. Who cares? Like, it, I can't have a conversation. Maybe I disagree with him on a lot of things. I probably do, but I can't talk to the guy and pick it up. But the way, the way I looked at it is like, yeah, I'm going to sit under the learning tree of the most controversial mind in creative wrestling history. Mm -hmm. See what the fuck happens. So we had one. You can head over to Vince Russo Brand. Sign up for that. I think I'm calling it three brand tied in with our yeah. merch. Oh, I Sounds love it. Good. Yeah, I thought that was a great. I think we're gonna give it a short little run, see what happens, and then, uh, yeah, he's cool. He loved the narrative. He fucking loved it. His oh. answer, I think, the, after we saw the first one was, "How can I help?" Yeah, and this, was, that was, he, and like I was just like, "Wow, um, you know, we're it's it's nice when someone who has created as as such a catalog of content, uh, some of it I disagree with, and some of it I think is amazing. You know, and that's yeah. how a, an artist should see it." Um, so him saying it that fast was like, wow, okay, cool. We got something here. You know what I mean? That and too. And then he watched the second. He's like, this is even better. And he's like, even if this sucked, the fact you're out there making it is the most impressive thing. And I was like, I agree with that too. That's pretty cool. And then he gave me some notes, actually. I didn't show yeah. them to you. I wrote them on the back of an Adam 8x10. Oh, sweet. Um, but I'll tell you the first note. <laughs> he's like, man, you set up the sea beautiful. Everything was great. Like, we're getting ready we're getting right into the mix we get into that first fight and the first fucking thing i see is jake logan slap his leg on a kick and it takes <laughs> me right out of it uh, i was like you know that's a good idea but that like we do we're doing what we know yeah. and things of that nature but and that's a, that's, that's perceived a realism is detail taking, yeah like i didn't that, even see it and i'm yeah. And we're we combing over that. We're combing over it like crazy. I mean, I think there was the, within the last week of the second one, I mean, we were on like 18 hour days and it was just 
constantly keep trying to get it ready for for uh, product for press. Uh, and it was that is something that like wow, I wish I had another yeah. angle now that I didn't see the leg slap, you know. Yeah, but it's okay too. Yeah, like <clears throat> allowed to fuck up as long as we fix them. But it was that it took him what thirteen minutes to get taken out of it though. That's not bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got to talk with Jake Logan about his leg slapping, though. You know? <laughs> well, it's just we're pre- presenting something, because it is, yeah. a little more realistic. So yeah. that's a trope that's taking place in wrestling. But it actually fits with Jake because he is the independent wrestler. In of course sense. he does the cliche thing in the ring, because that's what he does, the cliche thing. Like, little behind-the-scenes baseball, Jake Logan's standing in the back. That's why we're being extra hard on him. <laughs> Eating the food I told him to eat. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> His fucking leg slap. He's leg slapping some food over there. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he's, just, he's just happy Vince Russo talked about him. Yes, but mad props uh, to Vince <laughs> mad Russo's cool. Yeah. Let's send over to homework. Last homework, week's homework yeah. was comment something nice on a professional's Instagram that's kind yes. of bold and true and real as opposed yeah. to, hey, babe, you look hot. So I took it upon myself. I love Tabasso. Oh, T. Great, great worker, great brother in the gym, great brother in arms, and I love how proud he is of his family. So he posted a picture of his daughter, Willow, and I'm like, so happy for your happiness. And I am. I felt nice to say. He's one of your uh, dump brothers, right? Yes. Yeah. He He made fun of how unlimber I was on a yoga video the other day, but besides that, he's cool. That's that's some great flexing. (laughs) So my, uh, I said something nice is... uh, AEW posted a uh, their rendition of a Ghostbusters cover. Just so happens that we did one too, and I was full of confusion and jealous rage of you know, hey, we produced the exact same thing with Matt Cardona, and how do I handle this as a professional? Uh, so I didn't want to say anything negative. All I said was Matt Cardona did it harder, because that was the truth. He did do it harder. By the way, the go to EW shirt's available on freethenarrative.com. Yeah, every every fan for life. <sighs> GFTS, hot seller over there at freethenarrative.com. Uh, every time I print one, I, I just laugh. But I mean, you too, you read too much into things. You think it was because... Oh, that, I don't take that as a personal thing. It's just I like, oh... not. Oh, no, I didn't say it was personal. It's just like, oh, I, since April, had this original uh, original idea and cover song... And a good handful of people saw it, but I, I, unfortunately, we create uh, our exposure rate isn't. We can't compare to any of these other three-letter brands. So it's like you know, how many people now? And it did happen. Went on to free the narrative, watched it, and was like, "Hey, didn't AEW just do this?" So that's how. If they're seeing free the narrative for the first time, it looks now that we're ripping off AEW because they have more exposure. So those are some of those things along the process that we're you know experiencing. Well, you are. I've been totally used to this. I've been stole from since 2009, so I just don't care anymore. But I know it's I wouldn't mind doing a Patreon uh, or uh, an exclusive where we go over all the all the people that stole from you. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, that, you know, I mean, I'd love to talk about only you half, know. Only half of them are in Hollywood now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what's this week's homework going to be? This week's homework is something I took upon myself to do. This week, uh, you know, I grind hard. Nobody, you know, I, I'm just going. I'm always going. Whether it's working out, working out, working here, working narrative, working shows, hustling, controlling narratives, talking to 
fucking projects, bailing Space Cowboy out of jail. You know, I'm like, I'm always going. And like, I black out at like nine o'clock, usually sit, sit, sitting up. If I had a little dog, it'd be yeah. on my lap, but I don't. But like, I was so fucking tired. And I'm like, beat the shit up. My foot's killing me still. I'm exhausted. My back hurts. I'm in pain constantly. I'm like, I'm taking a weekend off. Ooh. I rest. And it's very hard for me to rest. Sometimes I say the hard work is not doing what you love to do hard. The hard work is doing what you don't want to do. And it was actually hard work for me to take a rest. So I went down to a beach, saw some family friends. And about on the third day, two hours before I had to leave, I finally relaxed. <laughs> so, because I was thinking about all this shit the whole time, <laughs> and going, and you know, I'm like taking stacks of tropics, and I'm always like wired, and like and now I'm drinking claws and margs. And I had two days of gluttony, man. I had the best piece of cheesecake I've ever had. I, I had a great time, but like rest, take time to find yourself a place to rest, because through rest is where you recharge, refocus, re-energize, recoup, and retake over the world. So have a, have a rest. All right, I'm looking forward to my rest this week. You need it. You should go on a cruise. <laughs> Maybe I should. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, everybody. And with that, it is, of course, time. Excuse me, sir. Oh, Didn't you just have a mic on? That's weird. It's time for the second installment about... What the hell was that? I lost a screw. Got second screws. installment of... Oh, well, that's what they tell me about you on Wikipedia. Oh, we'll get boy. to that in a minute. Second installment of Atlas World with the Space Cowboy, Stacey Alexander. Everybody, I am here with the former Agent D, four-time 24-7 champion. Don't call him Mike, because that's only kind of his name. It is EC3. How have you been? I've been I've been fantastic, actually. I've been really looking forward to watching your body of work unfold here on Control Your Narrative Weekly. Um, I remember specifically flying in from that Ring of Honor show I talked about, and I landed, and I'm like, I'm going to hop onto YouTube. I'm going to see what Stacy did when I wasn't there producing, and I pop on the YouTube, and it's like 9.30, 9.45, and then uh, you know, I see this little thing that says premiere going on, and uh, narrator's interviewing, and I'm like, is fucking, isn't this shit supposed to premiere at 7? We sneak it. We sneak it, but no. It's just, these fucking nitwits missed the premiere. Time's made up. I know. Doesn't exist. Time is not real. No. It's another thing we could talk about. Well, I mean, daylight savings. We just decided. It was 3 o'clock. Then guess what happened? Uh, when, since when do we let the farmers dictate then the clock? clock. Yeah, we'll no. What do the farmers know? Okay. Dum, 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 dum. They wrote that because farmers are dumb. Did you ever read the Farmer's Almanac? Yeah, well, yeah, but I don't think that was actually written by farmers. No, it was probably written by the Illuminati. Probably. You know who knows a lot about farms? Who's that? Weston Blake, guest on episode one of uh, Atlas World of Space. I don't even know my own name. Atlas World of Space, Cowboy Stacey Alexander. You can, of course, watch that on the Control Your Narrative YouTube page. Love what you guys did. I love like, the, the... I do the, appreciate it. The hat bit. The hat bit. Fuck, I wait. <laughs> it's, it's rare to get like, a smile on me. Well, I'm, I'm hey. always amused, but I never like laugh. But... That made me but now LOL. You're in here with me, darn yeah. it. Oh, LOL. Yeah. Never type it, but I will say it out loud. A couple things on the fact card that I just wanted to go over with you. Go. Uh, according to Wikipedia, you've had one trainer and one trainer only. That's Brian true. Danielson. Of course. So, yeah, absolutely. How long did you train under Brian's tutelage? Uh, how long was season four of NXT? 13 weeks. 13 weeks? I guess I 
became a, okay. I started with the zero training yeah. and wound up on WWE programming. And in 13 weeks became a seasoned professional wrestler under the tutelage of Yes. Brian Danielson yeah. on a internet show nobody watched. And what a tutelage. Speaking of internet shows nobody watched, uh, again, we're back here with Atlas <laughs> World with Space Cowboy Stacey Alexander. A couple more things on the fact sheet for you. And you got those facts from Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah. You know you can't source a college paper if you take your information from Wikipedia? You know how I know that? How? Oh. I've been to five different colleges. And seven different wrestling schools. Well, I've dropped out of all five colleges. As you should. I've been to four different wrestling schools. College is a scam. Yeah, well... Well, we know wrestling. Yeah. Funny thing about that. wrestling school always yeah. works out. You you call me my, my shoot, my Christian name. Mike. Then, yeah. Is it Mike or Michael on Wikipedia? Michael. All right, Michael's better. Yeah. Funny story about that. Wrong middle name. Really? You know, you know how I figured that out? Because I've never looked at my Wikipedia ever. Who, who, how, who? Here's how I figured this out. This beautiful, like, half Cherokee girl I was talking to, I met and went on a date Left with. half or right half? Uh, I I don't know her DNA. Oh like yeah, she's not two faced. She is a normal human being. Fair enough. Uh, went on a date in Chattanooga with and like she's fairly Christian and uh, she sent me a Bible. Of course, a Bible. I was like, wow, that's a very kind gift. And I get this, and it's personalized to me. And I open it, and it says, Michael Henry Hunter Hutter. I'm like, why? The double middle name. Yeah, and I was like, why'd you, why'd you pick Hunter? She's like, oh, that's the middle name you have on Wikipedia. Not my middle name. My middle name is not Hunter. And what kind of sick, twisted bastard would EC2 be to name <laughs> his son Michael Henry Hunter Hutter? Right. Sometimes you just got a little th- throw a little spice on there. I do have two middle names, though. Do you? Yeah, Henry McNeese. McNeese. Do you want to hear the story behind it? I would love nothing more. Okay, well, real fast. Actually, so by the way, yeah. you have no middle names. I I have none? Well. You have no middle names. Oh, shit. I hate to bring math into this thing, but. No, but math usually yeah. requires solutions. You have zero, you can't have two middle somethings. Yeah, I have two. Adjacent mid- names. Adjacent names. Your yeah. Regular and sir. Well said. Thank uh, you. Mom wanted to name her son Michael. Okay. My father, Michael, didn't want to name his son Michael because he knew one day bill collectors and uh, police and yeah. things would be looking for Michael Hunter because I'm, he knew he was going to raise a piece of shit. Sure. Um, but he left the room. Birth certificate comes in. Mom puts in Michael. and then like, Penn. <laughs> yep. And Henry was the chosen middle name after my grandfather. Bless him. But then she's like, my... Last name might never live on because my brother might never have kids. So she wrote her last name, her maiden name, as one of my middle names. So Michael McNeese. Did her brother have children? As of this recording, no. All right. Well, there's always time. A couple more questions on the fact sheet. Go. Uh, How much was your seat at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia? (laughs) I believe... I got a rousing. Yeah, a rousing people like that one. The live studio a... audience love the fact uh, fact card. Uh, God, guys, the mics are picking this up. I mean, we have a show to do. No matter what I say, it's not going to be as funny. So no, I'll just let's say, show some professionalism. Yeah, uh, I would imagine a ticket of that value would have been in the seven hundred fifty dollars range on the black market, probably two hundred fifty. But I was 
comped because I was oh, signed NXT. That doesn't seem fair, does it? I was only there for a minute. Hey, See, don't like, tell we should have just left it on the left. Don't tell the people. Yeah, go home. You were there the whole show. Go home when we're there. Uh, okay, one final question. Uh, I thought we were just starting. What you just said? Oh, I thought you meant go home. No, no, no. Inside like, baseball. Yeah. No, oh, I meant. Oh. I meant like you calling spots, and, brother. Yeah. Okay. Please. That was please. a tough one. Uh, so two more questions. Is that com- are you comfortable? I know you got to go make I have a pancake. A f- I have a feeling we'll probably be doing this next week because we're running out of guests. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know I'm getting fired at the end of the day. I'm yeah. not going to be in the print shop nearly as much. You got five minutes to live. What song are you throwing on? Uh, good question. Thanks. And here's the thing. Okay, I would ask people this question. You're on a plane. You know what's going down. What's the song you're playing? What's going down? It's kind of the same question. I'm just going to be screaming. Yeah. Well, originally it was Yellow Leadbetter by uh, Pearl Jam. Okay. Because there's something to it. As the plane descended, I just felt pretty good at that. But now this situation, I find myself to live. What song am I playing? Mood dependent. I feel like Rain Blood by Slayer, and I'm just going fucking crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Depends how you die in five minutes. Yeah. Or. I would really like the score from Braveheart, where William Wallace is getting, you know, emasculated and like disemboweled sure. and chopped up and ripped to pieces and like screams freedom and then it kills the king. Like that's a way to go. And that scene was about five minutes. So okay, yeah, yeah. score to Braveheart. Uh, final question: uh, F Mary Kill, yeah, Derek Bateman, top one percent, free to EC three. Fucking kill Derek Bateman for yeah, sure. Get him out of here. Gotta fuck EC3, the essential character, because he's just a fucking psycho ravage. Yeah. I was taking him fucking all around town and back uh, again, oh. you know, up, up and down. All right. Inside out. Twist sure. it up, spit it in. Give him the goods. Nuts to butts, whatever it takes. <laughs> and little thing about the essential character, his uh he's learning the art of not only uh, semen retention through orgasm, but how to inwardly orgasm so he doesn't blow loads until he fucking wants to. Patreon. Free. And then you'd marry the top 1% because at least he has a trust fund and wealth to inherit and like he might be a piece of shit. He might be cheating on you. He might be, you know, in the bathroom with the boys doing nefarious things, but like he's still, he still has stability. Sure. As long as he, I guess, pays his taxes. Lovely tan on him, too. Beautiful. Golden God. I wouldn't say golden. I'd say dark brown. Either way. Dark brown God. Everybody, first I have a confession. I thought we were doing this waist up, so I apologize if you saw my gym shorts on the way in. Um, it was all right for me. It was great. Look at us. Hey, let's do a predator style. Oh. Thumbnail. Hold it. Just make sure Eric can get it. He's got it. We got the thumbnail. Yeah. All right. Just so you know, when I let go of this, mm-hmm. I'm going to miss it. I'll never forget it. All right. I love you. Ditto. <laughs>